are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and Katie copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And today is Wednesday, August 18th. And that means that we have a live fantasy show that I want to point you to. If you have fantasy football questions you need answered before your draft, do not miss the Locked On Fantasy Live show today, Wednesday, August 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern, streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Go subscribe to that YouTube page so you don't miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions live, or you can submit them ahead of time to at Locked On Network on Twitter. On today's show, we've got a, a handful of little news bits to talk about, and then I want to talk a little bit about rookies, just kind of generally rookies in the preseason, what to expect from them, and kind of how we should change our evaluations of rookies versus everybody else. But first, let's talk a little bit about the news. So on Tuesday, teams were required to make cuts to get down to 85 players. They're actually going to do the same thing next Tuesday. After the second week of the preseason, teams will have to get down to 80 players, and then the full cuts to the 53-man roster come after the preseason is concluded. So the Vikings had already done uh, four of those. They cut long snapper Turner Bernard, edge rusher Jordan Brailford, and they also waived injured Riley Patterson, the kicker, and uh, Blake Pearl, the wide receiver. Both those guys cleared waivers, by the way, so they're just on IR now. So they had one cut left to make, and that cut was Amari Henderson, the cornerback. Again, kind of a bottom roster guy. He had barely gotten any work even on special teams. He wasn't able to get in from scrimmage, kind of existed at the bottom of that depth chart there. Um, And so Amari Henderson is waived. So now the Vikings are firmly at 85. They've also got some uh, workouts that are interesting to talk about. Everybody else did their cuts. If you want to go look and see if if there are any interesting uh, pickings to pick from. But the Vikings have also returned to practice here, and there's some information that we got to keep you posted on there as well. And a very interesting workout has come into uh, the doors of TCO Performance Center at Egan, or will be coming into uh, TCO. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. In terms of what happened in practice, uh, the Vikings, apparently Kellen Mond has had uh, some better days, looking a little sharper, looking a little faster. That is awesome news. Would love to see him come out and and, and look, you know, sharper and better than, than what he did uh, against the Broncos. Of course, you know, that would be awesome. Um, and also we have seen some movement, Justin Jefferson back in pads and he's practicing. Um, also, Anthony Barr has, quote, something he's dealing with and has been away from the facility. It remains to be seen whether or not that is an injury thing or whether it is a like a personal matter or something like that. But uh, for whatever it's worth, he did have a wrap on his right leg when he was limited in the first Broncos joint practice. Um, he had some kind of wrap on his right leg, like a, like around his knee. Um, I, again, I don't know if that was like athletic tape or if that was like something real, but for whatever it's worth, that's what I noticed. But I think the most interesting piece of news we got to talk 
talk about from Tuesday was the rumor, this was reported by Darren Wolfson and Chris Long at KSTP, uh, that Everson Griffin's coming in for a workout, and then it was confirmed by, like, Ben Gessling. And He's coming in for a workout. Uh, so that's interesting. Of course, there's been this, like, will they, won't they with the Vikings and Everson Griffin and maybe a return or reunion, uh, all this in- interesting stuff. Of course, if you remember the deal with Everson Griffin from last year and maybe kind of why this wasn't an automatic thing when Griffin, you know, nobody really wanted him anymore. And, of course, the Vikings probably want him more than anybody else because they've got such a relationship with him. Uh, but... Of course, he kind of burned that bridge in the middle of the 2020 season when he started posting on social media about he was, you know, kind of talking trash about Kirk Cousins and said that Zimmer didn't want Kirk Cousins, which has also kind of been out there for a while. But to hear it like it's like the quiet part you're not supposed to say out loud. Uh, and he just kind of put it all that all out there and now deleted tweets and all that was really interesting. Uh, but of course, you know, it seems like hatchets have been buried because he's coming in for a workout. They've had a lot of conversations over the last couple of years about a possible reunion. The Vikings were in on Everson Griffin last year when uh, the, the Cowboys ultimately signed him. The Vikings and Seahawks were like going back and forth in a bidding war against Everson Griffin. And then the Cowboys kind of swooped in like ex machina style out of nowhere and outbid both teams. And then Griffin went with that. So uh, that's how he ended up on the Cowboys last year. Um, it, when it comes to what Everson Griffin can still do, he was like probably a rotation. He was probably like as good as Steven Weatherly, uh, was in Carolina. Like you shouldn't make him your starter. Um, he's probably a fine rotational dude. That's probably where he's at now. Um, just in the terms of like athletic ability, you know, and how it de- kind of declines with edge rushers as they get older. But, uh, look, there is a certain, uh, there's a, a short list of players, that I want on the Vikings and I don't care if they're good or not. I've said this for years and years. I've said, bring me Larry Fitzgerald when he's old and the Cardinals don't want him anymore, which is now. So bring me Larry Fitzgerald. Let's get him in in a purple jersey so everybody can get their Fitzgerald jersey and he's a hometown guy and everybody can be happy about it. Um, I, I just, I want it to happen just like emotionally. I do not care if he's good at all. I just want it to happen. And I feel like I, I'm kind of similar about Everson Griffin. Just bring him in. Now, look, the Vikings have a pass rush problem. Um, and, and they have had a pass rush problem, even going back to like going into the draft, where they were basically going to rely on Steven Weatherly, who did not have a good preseason game. And don't take my word for it. Take Mike Zimmer's. Um, and, you know, that's like the principal starter. He's he's competing with DJ Wanham. And like that is an uninspiring competition. And Everson Griffin does not solve this problem i think that would be naive to think that he does um and i don't care i want him here anyways hey you know be a rotational guy sure that'd be great you know get another body in the room that's rotational that that pushes for competition and all that stuff um you know we saw how bad that second team defensive line was right so sure you know that would probably improve that unit some or at least add another body more competition you know can never hurt but i just want it like emotionally I just like Everson Griffin. I want him back in purple. It's just it all would be right with the world. And I think that's okay. You know, everything doesn't always have to be about objectivity and reality. Let's all just have a little fun sometimes, right? And to that end, let's talk a little bit about Grambling. BetOnline.ag is your one-stop shop for all things scores, news, and of course, odds. You can bet on preseason games if you want to live in hell. You can bet on normal things like first head coach to be fired right now, Mike Zimmer is plus 900 so if you think Mike Zimmer is going to get fired in the middle of the season before everybody else he might have a leg to stand on you can bet on other kind of weird uh, props like if Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady will retire Tom Brady retiring is plus 600 after this season after the 2021 season interesting odds I guess people think he's going to keep
keep on playing forever. Uh, you can bet on who will win the division and all of the normal stuff, too. I like the prop bets, though. You can find other sports, award shows, reality TV, everything else on betonline.ag. If you don't have an account, go set one up for free. That part's easy. And then when you make your first deposit, enter promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you can get a 50% welcome bonus. That means for each 100 bucks you put in as part of your first deposit, BetOnline slaps 50 bucks into your account in free play money. It's free grambling money. So head on over to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So after the preseason game against the Broncos, um, I went to talk about the rookies a lot. And and a lot of the content that I've made has been kind of relative to the, the rookies. And it wasn't entirely optimistic, right? I wasn't that impressed with Kellen Mond's game. Of course, Derisaw didn't play. Wyatt Davis um, had some unbelievably impressive reps, but also some really concerning ones. And it's kind of hard to make something out of that. Um, and those are two games, especially Wyatt Davis and Kellen Mond that I think people have kind of run with as really optimistic things. You know, a lot of people really liked what they saw out of Kellen Mond. I did it. And I wanted to explain that Wyatt Davis got this really great PFF grade. I kind of disagree with it, even though I was like the highest dude on Wyatt Davis in the world when they drafted him, I kind of want to be honest about it and say, ah, well, there were these plays that I don't think worked out very well. And in response to that, I think I have somebody telling me in some way or other on on some social media, like every hour that they're just rookies and you have to give them a chance to develop. Um, I know I, we, that's obvious, right? Um, but I wanted, I guess that kind of got me thinking about like uh, rookie development in general and uh, just kind of what to expect in the first few moments of a rookie's career. And and I do think that it's easy to get your first impression of a guy kind of seared into your brain. And it's really important to take each game entirely out of context, evaluate it, and then put it back in context. Um, I, I think a lot about the Trey Wayne's preseason debacle in that Hall of Fame game when he was a rookie. And he got like three pass interference penalties. He was very clearly not ready to play. And he never played that year. Um, and when he actually did get in, I remember when he got in, you know, his second game, he picked off Aaron Rodgers to close out the game that opened up uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. And he turned out to be, I mean, look, he was never a CB1, but I always thought he was a fine cornerback two type guy. Um, and we haven't really gotten to see him do anything anywhere else, of course, because he got hurt a second he went to Cincinnati. But I, I always think like that Hall of Fame game performance was not who Trey Waynes is. And Trey Waynes was never a perfect guy, but he wasn't that. But he kind of stayed that pass interference, this catastrophic guy uh, forever. I mean, uh, talking to people in in Minnesota when I was there for for camp just this year, talking to Vikings fans, a lot of Vikings fans still really, really hate Trey Waynes. And it's like, man, he was like an average corner for like five years. And people are still talking about him like every game was that preseason game because that first impression just gets seared into your brain. And it's really important not to do that. It's, you know, we all know that rookies need some time. Kellen Mond is going to need some time. And that's everything that I've been saying on Kellen Mond. Every time somebody asks or I go on to talk about him, don't expect this guy to be your backup. Don't expect this guy to be active on game days until 
at least next year, right? That's just never, that's always going to be his development. We all kind of agreed that that was going to be okay when we were talking about him in the draft, even before the draft. You know, one of the criticisms that I have for the Vikings brass and their like front office in general is that they think a lot differently depending on what time of year it is. And, and it's inconsistent. And sometimes they step on their own foot. Um, you know, the way that they think in the offseason when they're going and getting free agents or when they're drafting offensive linemen, for example, is entirely different than the way they think about it when the guys actually get on the field come come training camp. And, and it totally, you know, betrays itself when they're when it's draft season, you know, we're OK with getting super athletes and we can just teach everybody everything. And it's all right. You know, well, he can learn that. Let's go. You know, you can't teach athleticism. So let's draft athleticism. We can teach everything later. And then when it actually comes to uh, time to bring guys out in camp, they say, well, they have to earn their reps. And well, they haven't earned it yet, and and now you know they're not going to learn anything, um, or you just don't spend enough time, you know, really honing technique on guys, and you're still you're just you're trying to install concepts, and you don't really give the guy the reps they need because you got to install everything, and it's like, well, didn't you just kind of promise that that you were going to teach this guy everything, and and now you're you know, lo and behold, you have a whole team to tend to, and you can't do that, uh, and I feel like sometimes as fans we can fall into that same trap, where we get really okay with the idea of you know a devy guy a de- development go get a jock and, and we'll teach him everything go you know that's what kellen mond is and that isn't a problem like developmental guys fine uh but we have to kind of keep our promise that say oh yeah well you know that's a guy we're gonna take him and then maybe in 2022 2023 he'll be ready and then he can kind of uh outplay his draft stock you know once he's ready but he's gonna take some time to incubate and when we say that in April, everybody's like, yeah, that's totally fine. Let's take it, especially after you draft the guy, because, you know, your draft is always the best draft the team's ever had, like the day, the night you draft him. A yearly tradition, one I would never dare to disturb. <laughs> but when we say that, we we have to be ready to have that patience. But having that patience doesn't mean not evaluating the guy. If Kellen Mond plays poorly against the Colts this weekend... I will say that Kellen Mond played poorly against the Colts this weekend. I am not going to like qualify every single time I talk about a rookie with the little underline and the asterisk that says, and by the way, you know, he's a rookie and we expected him to play poorly. He played poorly, but we expected this and his developmental arc is going to be long and we have to be patient. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to qualify every single time I talk about the guy there. There is. And, and this is the the glory of doing a daily podcast is we can kind of, take the time to hone in on something and just talk about it in a vacuum and then go apply the context later in a later episode. And then you get this nice comprehensive thing, especially if you listen on all the days. But that also doesn't really work if I have to qualify every statement about a rookie with, and by the way, remember that they're a rookie. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, But don't take that to mean that I've forgotten that rookies need some time. It can still be informative to point out, hey, you know, Wyatt Davis had an up and down day. Here are his ups and this is what they look like. Here are his downs and those that's what they look like. Those observations do not need the context of what our expectations for Wyatt Davis should be. That's an entirely separate conversation, an equally valid one to have, but not the one we're talking about right now. But 
it is a valid one to have. So let's have it, which is going to be the, the rest of the show. Let's talk about the expectations for all these different rookies. And each guy is different depending on their draft stock and depending on just who the guy is. You know, not all fourth rounders are going to have the same expectations. That's OK. So let's talk about the expectations we have for these rookies if they've met them so far and all that. And we'll just kind of go through as many guys as we can get through and uh, kind of take it from there. First, though, let me talk to you about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet, and it is delicious. All of their flavors are coated in 100% chocolate. And right now, they actually have a factory overstock deal going on for uh, $29.99. You can get a variety box with all of their flavors and then some. There are nine standard flavors, but there's also some special ones like uh, chocolate raspberry, salted caramel, grasshopper cookie, which is like a thin mint, thin mint, mint brownie if you want more mint, um, and their classics like strawberry, cherry barcia, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, all that good stuff. They are low sugar, low calorie, low carb. They're not going to knock you off the wagon. They're even keto friendly if you're doing that, but they're high in protein and high in fiber as well. So head on over to BuiltBar.com. Enter promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You get 15% off of your next order. That's LOCKED15, all one word, for 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. So expectations for rookies uh, is, I think should be a very case-by-case conversation. I think we can kind of rule of thumb, you know, I've, I've talked about my rule of thumb for each round. You know, if you get a first rounder, that guy should be a starter by the end of his first year. If you get a second rounder, he should be a starter at least by the end of his second year. Third rounder should be contributing. Fourth rounder should just make it to the end of the rookie contract and make the team in all those years. Fifth rounder, you know, if they make the team in two or three years, you're doing okay. Sixth rounder, I think one or two years, you're doing okay. And seventh rounder, if they make the team at all at any point, you're probably... Uh, happy with that seventh rounder based on how those players tend to do like historically over time. Those are my barometer, but that's like so rule of thumb. That's so generic in general, right? If you draft the most high, you know, if you draft Moritz Boringer, that guy probably is not going to make the team, right? But there was so much athletic upside to him. And really, the, the the mistake the Vikings made was that they drafted too much of an athletic score and not enough of a football player. Uh, that, but like the expectations there had to be different. It had to be, Hey, we know this dude has like a 5% chance of ever turning into something, but that 5% of scenarios are insane. So we're going to chase them and, you know, we're going to swing for the fences here. And if we miss, it's a sixth round or whatever. And that was kind of the logic there much different than somebody like say Blake Brandle, who's also a sixth rounder who didn't make the team his first year either. He's actually kind of making a good run at it this year. Uh, but he was a kind of steady, you know, uh, highly experienced Oregon State. He was like, I think, four or five year starter there and kind of came in in such a pro ready way, but he didn't have the athletic upside. And so he kind of that a different way to get the same kind of uh, sixth round pedigree. And the expectations are different. So let's go through our guys like Christian Darasaw's expectations right now are kind of nothing. We don't expect anything from him this preseason because he's hurt and he probably won't be back until week one. And once you're in week one, just the way that teams like operate in week one, you're not really able to have guys split reps in practice as cleanly. You can do it, but it comes at a much bigger cost when you're trying to like install a game plan for a specific team. You know, you're trying to prepare for the Bengals. You don't exactly have uh, a lot of time to like sit there and screw around with offensive line configurations and, and, you know, rotate guys through reps and have a position battle. 
Um, so it, it'll be a lot harder for Christian Derrissaw to to get that job. So the way Christian Derrissaw starts for me kind of has a lot more to do with Rashad Hill than it used to. Rashad Hill has that job. He just has it. Uh, that and like unless Blake Brandle plays his ass off and Rashad Hill totally falls apart and some miracle of uh of of preseason magic happens Rashad Hill has the starting job and Christian Derrissaw isn't going to be able to get it by beating up on second teamers in day-to-day you know in-season practice practice reps uh it'll have to be Rashad Hill relinquishing the job for some reason either an injury or he gets benched it'll have to be on kind of what happens with Rashad Hill is going to have to grant Christian Derrissaw an opportunity and then Derrissaw will have to come in during that opportunity and play well enough to keep the job once he gets a hand on it that's how it's going to have to work so our expectations for him are kind of nothing uh and really we just want to see him play but we probably won't see him in the preseason so we guess like we just kind of have to wait uh with Kellen Mond the next draft pick, the, the expectations for me were just look like you know the offense. You know, that's all I want you to know. do is look like you know the offense. I expected his mechanics to get worse. They did. It's because he's thinking more because they're challenging him with, uh, you know, more NFL pro style offense. Now, A&M's offense was plenty pro style, but everything's different in the NFL. That's challenging his brain more. He's thinking more. And so your mechanics get out of whack. That's all part of it. That's fine. But what I want to see is at least the same grasp on the offense that other rookies have. And if you watched other rookies, I mean, they're all running sort of truncated versions of their offense. Even, you know, I I watched Trevor Lawrence, watch his uh, preseason debut with the Jaguars. It's pretty vanilla. Um, and it's always going to be vanilla in the preseason for a lot of reasons, not necessarily just that the guys don't know as many plays, but the offense as run by Kellen Mond and honestly by Trevor Lawrence and Jags fans are a little worried about it. Um, it was discombobulated and, you know, guys were not getting the play calls right. Clearly there was a lot of miscommunication. Guys were running wrong routes and yeah, you could say, well, that might be on those guys's uh, you know, on those guys in general, but it was too much of a pattern throughout the game where you kind of get the sense that things aren't being relayed in the huddle correctly and the operational part of it isn't quite there. Um, and so expectations for the preseason, I want to see that fixed. Um, and that's more or less the answer I gave yesterday in the mailbag. Somebody asked me kind of exactly this. I, I want to see that fixed. Everything else can suck. Give me crappy mechanics, throw in accurately, bail on pockets too early, you know, progressions can be sloppy, whatever. That's all fine. That's all. We're working all that out in time. But show me that you can do the operational stuff. Get the, the players into the huddle, out of the huddle, to the line of scrimmage without everything getting screwed up. If you can do that, I'll be happy with Kellen Mond for now. I don't expect much else from him. And I don't expect him to be the backup quarterback. So if I, if I expected him to be, to be the backup quarterback, I would ask for a lot more from him. But that's Jake Browning, and that's a whole different thing. Chaz Surratt's expectations, I honestly, it was similar. Because Chaz Surratt, like, what I want to see from Chaz Surratt is physicality. And I haven't really seen, I haven't seen him, you know, like, do a great, like, block deconstruction or anything. He's, like, knifing gaps, and he's, fine, you know, using his speed and agility, and he's not really playing that way. Um, you know, I want to see him meet a fullback in the hole and deconstruct him. Uh, that... For me, that's like the nirvana for Chad Surratt. If he can do that, um, I take back everything, right? But he's played pretty well. He's been in the right places. You know, he's been really aggressive and penetrating a lot. Um, and he's he's playing hard and maybe a little too fast. And I think he's going to get punished sometimes. He got punished by the Broncos sometimes, and that's the lessons you learn. Um, but for me, I you know you want to see him kind of have a handle on the position of linebacker. He's so new to it. He's only played it for a couple of years. Um, you want to see that, and and I just wanted to see 
some improvement in physicality. He hasn't really had the chance to showcase that because plays just haven't developed that way. Uh, so it remains to be seen, I guess. But in terms of the second part, you know, a grasp on defensive concepts and see him understand the position, um, that's been awesome. I mean, he's passed that test with flying colors. So show me some physicality and I'll get hyped on Chaz Surratt. For Wyatt Davis, I wanted to see more. I guess I set higher expectations from him because I was higher on him as a draft pick. You know, I, I would have taken him in the first round if it weren't for his knee issue. I, I've said that before. Um, so, and he hasn't really played like a first round guy. But again, he's a rookie and it's fine. He even kind of acknowledged the poor start to the game against the Broncos. And he said, oh, I had some jitters. And, and you know, once I shook those off, I thought I played pre- pretty well. And I probably agree with him there. Um, but, I, you know, I want to see a little bit more consistency in the pass from him. And I, I don't necessarily need to see him, like, get reps with the twos over Dakota Dozier. Like, whatever. We'll see what happens with, with all the roster cuts with that. Um, but for Wyatt Davis, especially with Oli Udo just taking a stranglehold on that right guard position, it's the same thing as with Christian Derisaw. Even if Davis plays lights out here, Oli Udo has to fall apart for Davis to get that job. There's no If Oli Udo plays the way that he's been playing through camp, if he does that in the preseason, it's Oli Udo's job, and it does not matter at all what Wyatt Davis did. Oli Udo has earned it. Uh, so now Davis has all the time in the world to develop, get better, uh, pass protection, you know, get his, get in his stance more quickly, um, you know, get a little bit better with his hands and all that stuff and work on the issues that held him back in college. And then there's Patrick Jones. I, I wanted to see him look like the guy he was in college. I thought the guy that Patrick Jones was in college could be a rotational contributor for the Vikings. And I think we've seen exactly that we've seen an incomplete pass rush, um, and a very complete run defense. He's knifed in. He's been in the backfield, missed a couple tackles in the preseason. I'm not worried about that at all. Um, but he, he did the rest of that very well. And as for the day three guys, you know, you've got the fourth rounders that are basically all just backups, right? You have Wang Wu, who I just want to see him be healthy. You've got Bynum, you've got Robinson. Those guys are all going to be backups, developmental guys. And then, you know, you've got Zach Davidson and let's see if Jalen Twyman gets healthy. And of course, Amir Smith-Marset, who I think, I, I don't think we should expect to like win the wide receiver three job. KJ Osborne seems to be running away with it anyways. Um, but uh, on the whole, uh, because these rookies are developmental, it's okay to have lower expectations for them, but it is also still important to say, hey, these guys are on the low end of those expectations. We expected this, but it is still true. I still have to point it out. Uh, tomorrow, uh, if everything goes well, I'll be talking to Evan Sideri of Locked On Colts. We'll talk about the Colts a little bit and, and do a little uh, preseason crossover. So I hope you guys come hang out for that. In the meantime, check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Get your gramble straight. Your boy Q and Lee Sterling, a handicapping expert, will get you all straightened out. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL and the show's on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. See y'all tomorrow. And as always, skull.